Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch and it's already dark outside. I was on the run all day and when I had a break in my work day, the cicadas were so loud that I couldn't uh, hear myself think. So here I am now and it's after 8 o'clock and now there are sounds of the crickets and other night bugs that go on in the mid to late summer. It's approaching back to school time, which is hard to believe. Thanks for joining me, and thanks to those that reach back about my new admiration for ants. Alice Peck, who I credit for shifting my point of view, wrote, I am so honored, complete with a cute set of emojis of a little ant, a little bird, and a heart. Well, dear Alice, I am learning so much from you, not only regarding the book underway, but my newfound admiration for ants. For those that may not know, Alice Peck authored several books such as Mindful Walking, The Secret Language of Nature, The Green Cure, Be More Tree is another one of her books, which I so adore. I'll put a link in the show notes to some of her wonderful works. So today's story also stems from a chat with Alice about when I learned from my unexpected furry messenger, that would be Miss Ellie May, that neglect is abuse. We both agree that we cringe when we see sick plants tossed on the side of the road or in a compost pile. Busted! Which brings to mind a story about an aloe plant that starts like this. Hello fellow listeners and readers. I have a top-heavy aloe plant leaning precariously over other plants on the bay window in the kitchen that needs help. The thing is, I'm puzzled as to how, despite thorough research, Yep, I am stumped, which was kind of funny because when I wrote this, it was my 400th column chat. We've come a long way since then. The succulent came from a kind client who asked if I'd take the pot of aloe plants hidden in the corner of her sunroom, apologetically confessing to neglecting them. I know how that goes, I consoled. It's hard to know what to do when plants become overgrown. It was apparent the trio of aloes was root-bound as the plastic pot was severely bulging. That's an easy fix, but with severely yellowed foliage, the plant looked beyond saving. I always place a new or hand-me-down plant away from the others to be sure no critters or diseases come for a ride. It was early summer, so I quarantined the trio outside in a part shady spot. That way they could absorb the nitrogen benefits of rainwater. I was just thinking about a long ago, one of the first episodes, number four, Sweet Autumn Clematis, Rainwater Rejuvenation, that talks about the benefits of using rainwater on your plants. I hope you tune into that if you haven't done so already. Several weeks went by and the plants looked hopelessly unchanged, so I wrestled them out of the pot and tossed them onto the compost pile, feeling sadness for the neglect that they endured. A few weeks later, when their roots were exposed on top of the heap, I noticed their leaves were beginning to green up. I gathered the throwaways and potted them into three pots using a sandy soil mix. Their recovery was rapid, and they quickly grew into two-foot-wide plants. 
Most know about the benefits of using the gel-like insides of aloe leaves to soothe burns, itchy rashes, and insect bites. There are articles about the anti-anxiety benefits and air-purifying attributes of aloe plants, suggesting you place them in your bedroom where they can have indirect sun daily. They are said to lower carbon dioxide levels and remove formaldehyde and benzene found in cleaners and paints from the air. So back to solving the dilemma of top heaviness before it becomes an emergency like last winter. One toppled over and broke into pieces parts, as my mom would say. I brought the fleshy stems to the nail salon. I visit from time to time to tidy up my garden ward nails and cracking cuticles. The manicurist used the gooey gel as a hand cream. Rather than toss the roots left after the crash, I tucked the pot amongst other plants outside after the risk of frost. A few months later, new shoots emerged, and I watched and marveled as it grew into a bouncing baby plant. Other than cutting off lower leaves as they aged to lighten the load, and I did that, which left the long stem and heavy top, I couldn't find any solution to my dilemma. Nor could other plant parents of aloes looking for an answer in garden Q&A sites. Perhaps it's time to harvest and share all the leaves with others, then allow the plant to rejuvenate as I did with my toppled plant. That makes sense, right? But I ask you, kind readers and listeners, please let me know if you have a better idea. And thank you and the press for 400 weeks of sharing. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com And now we're up to 578 weekly chats, and there are 122 podcasts. Imagine that. Thanks to all of you. There's an update on the bouncing baby plant that grew to be glorious. Mysteriously, the thriving aloe went through a swift shift and sudden demise soon after Thanksgiving when Jean, my friend that recently joined the Angels, visited. I'm so grateful for the time that he was here. We don't have a guest room, so I modified my office for him to stay, and it was a cold spell, about 20 degrees outside, and we do keep our house cool, so I moved the portable electric fireplace into the office and placed the aloe plant on top of the surface. The surface of the faux fireplace does not get hot, but Jean toasted the room to 80 degrees or more from my regular 65 by day and 63 at night. Some like it cool, some like it hot. Of course, an electric heater dries the air. Perhaps that was the culprit, I thought. But as it turns out, aloe plants, unlike most house plants, like dryness. They like humidity between 20 and 30 percent. So that couldn't have been the issue. Another dilemma of succulents is if you overwater them, they tend to go to mush. But I was not overwatering them. I was using my nifty water meter. So I wonder if it was the sudden shift in temperature that stressed the plant. Per PetalRepublic.com, don't you just love that name, it's in high humidity when the likelihood of fungal issues surface that can cause yellow or browning leaves on aloes, or crispy edges arise when temperatures get too high. They prefer to be between 65 and 85 degrees, but they can tolerate 50 degree weather, but nothing much below that for any period of time, that is for sure, and they don't like a sudden environmental change or drafts. So maybe, indeed, the 63 to 80-plus was the culprit. Per AboutGardening.com, aloe vera has been grown and used for centuries in many different parts of the world. 
You would think that with a nickname of the plant of immortality, aloe vera would be one tough plant, able to tolerate ill conditions and unintentional mistreatment. And it can, to an extent. It's been around for thousands of years. The Egyptian hieroglyphics indicates that aloe vera healed many ailments. And it's believed that Cleopatra used it as a beauty routine. Then something else came to mind, and that is I did use some fertilizer on the aloe vera when I did all of my house plants, but I'm trying to remember if that was before the decline. But there is a tip about using fertilizer, and that is to make sure that soil is moist by watering your plant a day or so before you apply the fertilizer. That way there's less likelihood for root burn. And I may have skipped that step. Or maybe it was just time for it to go. It had a good life for years and taught me not to give up on declining plants. There is always hope. But when it's time to go, take comfort in knowing everything returns to our earth, nourishing it as plants decay, and people and pets leave behind the love that they gave. Thanks so much. I so enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so... I would so appreciate if you could share the podcast with a friend or two so more can find us so that we can continue to grow in this garden of life and learn about treating all things with respect and give things a chance to live and accept them when it's time to go. Thanks again. See you next time on the screen porch. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Mm